Hello and welcome to the First Baptist Church Podcast. Uh, we're glad that you are joining us for this inaugural program. I am Peter Hill. I am the First Baptist intern, or FBI for short. This is my third year in my internship with the church, and I am also in my final year at Saginaw Valley State University. My major is general business, and I am planning on attending a seminary, still undecided though, where at, in the fall to further pursue vocational ministry. But let's now bring on the other hosts. So hello, Pastor Mark and Pastor Chris. Welcome. Hello, Peter. Hey, Pete. Pastor Mark Heron is our seasoned vet of the crew. He has over 15 years of experience in pastoral ministries in New York and in Michigan. He started out in youth ministry and is currently our associate pastor here. Pastor Chris Howard is our current youth pastor and has been in the pastorate for around nine years. And he also has an extensive camp ministry experience. He first pastored in Cedar Springs and is now here in Carroll. But let's now have a quick lightning round to get to know these guys a little better. So, first question, Pastor Mark. Do you prefer coffee or tea? Uh, this is not even close. This is coffee all day, every day. Pastor Chris, what about? Yeah, the same for me. Love the coffee. Wife loves tea, but I like coffee. So, next question. And, of course, coffee is the best, just for the record. Uh, next question. Biggest pet peeve, Pastor Mark? Um, yeah, I, I don't know the answer to this. Uh, you just told me this, this a few minutes ago. I, I don't really... I'm sure I have many, unfortunately, but I guess I guess probably <laughs> probably one that that I, I get a little uh, a little worked up at is uh, when you drive into a parking lot, and um, well, two things about the parking lot: the parking lot in general is a pet peeve, but the, the one is when you think you have a, a free space and you get there and someone's left their oh. cart in there. Like oh, that, yeah. that one, that one drives oh, me nuts. That's, that's and then when, once you park and you come back out and every time the person beside you is getting into their car, when you're trying to get into your car, <laughs> like that happens to me. It just happened to us at a conference. It, it happens everywhere I go. <laughs> I think it's me. I don't know. Those are a couple, I guess. Wow. I'm going to stick in the parking lot as well because that, that one, that strikes a chord with me too. Mine's more so with the fact of the cars that they have a tiny little car, but they park on a line or just over a line. So this tiny yeah. little Fiat, yeah. you know, takes up sure. two spaces and I'm coming in with a truck and you can't fit into the space because they just, they've taken up the whole thing. Now in the winter, I get it when the snow's there and you can't see lines and stuff, but good gravy. Yeah. I came into the parking lot last week, and somebody had pulled in uh, and parked in such a way that it took up four slots in our parking lot, and I couldn't pull into my space. It was just, you know. Well, as a person with a small car, we do that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> you and your little sunbirds, sunfires, whatever it is now. Uh, my, my biggest pet peeve is when people put things in their coffee. It's uh, not good. Oh, yeah. Put things? That's like, not a pet peeve. That's a sin, I think. <laughs> It's in the Bible. Yeah. Um, next question. Vacation in the mountains, vacation in the city. Which one? If you had to pick. Um, I think I'd go to the mountains. Yeah. Hey, man. We've, we've as, gone. As long we've, as they have Wi-Fi? <laughs> well, I mean, what do you mean by the mountains? Do you mean like off the grid? I don't know what I mean. Okay. Well, I mean, if we're talking, like we've gone down uh, to the Blue Ridge Mountains area and that's very, very pretty. I grew up in the mountains and in Western Maryland. Yeah, that's true. And so I, I do like that. It's not that I, I have an allergy to the city either, though. I, you know, New York City's awesome, and Chicago, and places mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, but I guess if I if it was a vacation to get away, I think the mountains are mm-hmm. pretty sweet. Yeah, I'd agree. 
Um, my wife and I have gone to Seattle a number of times. We really enjoy that kind of city life. But then it guys has the best of both worlds because Mount Rainier's right there. And mm-hmm. uh, but uh, given the two options, I most certainly would be more of a mountain person. Uh, we love the Smoky Mountain Resort and uh, Valley Forge. Mm. Uh, oh, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, Valley Forge. Uh, uh, just from the throw the God card out there from the spiritual sense, I just prefer to be out in God's creation as opposed to, to man's. Um, I mean, it's pretty crazy what man can do, but then, you know, you drive through Mount Rainier kind of area and all the mountains there, it's just so much more impressive going through that than it is all the rush hour and man-made garbage of the city. So I just, I prefer, I prefer mountains. Yeah, and just the, the pure driving experience in the mountains is oh, way yeah. better than the city. And that, for me alone, is probably why I picked the mountains. But you did your honeymoon in the mountains as opposed to the city, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, I will say this. In, 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 in praise of the city, if you don't like the city, then the whole New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven is going to be a problem for some people. So. <laughs> but there might not be as much traffic. We should uh, yeah. there, not so. be so negative. On, not that you guys were... Overly negative, but sometimes we get a little negative about the cities. Not around here. And uh, there's a new city coming, man. But based on our last question, though, Seattle is the city with a Starbucks on every corner. So we want our coffee. We're going to get a lot of that from the city. has got the best coffee, it's true. right? Not, not, not a ton of coffee, uh, good coffee options yeah. in, the, in the country. <laughs> All right, so next question, probably the most controversial one we have. Is a hamburger a sandwich? I don't understand this question. Hamburger is a hamburger. Sandwich is a sandwich. Yeah, but... What's your question? Uh, what's the definition of a sandwich? It's uh, usually a, I, a, a piece of bread. Yeah, then a, then that's a what I'm saying. I don't understand the question because that, that, that's a... That, I, how is it not a sandwich? Is a burger not See? a sandwich? He, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's saying that it's a burger. It's not a sandwich. Right, and I'm saying... I, I've never heard this discussion before. You've never heard this discussion before? No, I've never heard it. I, mm-hmm. I assume it's a sandwich. But I guess if you look at a like a menu... Yeah. Are you are you suggesting that the menu says like sandwiches and burgers? Uh-huh. Usually, there's a burger section and there's a sandwich section. Is it like a hot and a cold? Is, I, is that I don't kind know. of the difference? But then? there's hot sandwiches, like a hot turkey sandwich. They're not cold burgers. They're not cold. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I don't think we're going to uh, resolve that today. Okay, well, we'll we'll table this one. Uh, now that we know a little bit more <laughs> about our fellow hosts. <laughs> We're going to be uh, talking about Passion Marks, Pastor Chris's, and my, my own testimony today. And we'll also be going over why we are doing a podcast and why we will think it will be beneficial um, to the church and to, to people maybe even outside of our church. And we'll also be going over what this podcast is going to look like in future episodes and things for you guys as an audience to look forward to. We are now going each going to share our own testimonies. We're doing this so that you guys as an audience can know more about us and our background or where we are coming from when we are talking. Um, Pastor Mark did recently share his testimony with the church, and if you'd like to hear the full version, I would encourage you to go to the sermons that are saved online. Um, so, Pastor Mark, can you now give us the uh, the cliff notes or the uh, edited version of your testimony of your relationship with Jesus Christ? Yeah, that sermon is called "The Faithfulness of God" uh, right. on our on our sermon archive, and uh, yeah, we we'll go into you know, much more detail. Um, but even that was was a pretty pretty stripped down version. So this might be more stripped down than that, but but yeah, I mean, here's here's the I guess the skinny is that I was born into a Christian family, and my dad uh, was and is still a pastor. So I grew up uh, in the church, and I grew up uh, hearing um, the gospel a lot. 
uh, hearing the plan of salvation a lot. I went to Christian school for a number of years as a uh, in elementary, and in third grade we had some sort of a chapel, and they presented the plan of salvation, gave an invitation, and. I responded, and I, I ended up in a classroom. I think there was another kid there and a teacher. They led us in a prayer. Don't remember much about that that experience. But I remember that that's what, what was supposed to happen. Like, that's how you would get, you know, quote-unquote, saved. And so I came home, and I told my parents that, and I was all excited. They were somewhat reserved um, just to make sure I, I understood what I was saying. Um, but I also knew that once you got saved, you could, could get baptized. And so I, uh, wanted to get baptized. And so my dad kind of pumped the brakes a little bit and, uh, asked me a bunch of questions. Uh, I apparently knew enough to answer the right questions mm-hmm. and, uh, I got baptized and I would love to say that that's where my story of my growth in Jesus just kind of, uh, developed and, and, you know, increased from there. But the truth is I, I really battled for a lot of years uh, with uh, understanding whether or not uh, I was actually saved, having uh, confidence in that. Um, and so for years I dealt with it. You know, prayed the proverbial sinner's prayer, uh, which isn't in the Bible, but a uh, hundred times um, and uh, asked Jesus to be my Savior You know, countless nights. Uh, and so one night I was a teenager. So, I mean, we're talking years of this. Uh, I was a teenager. I was alone in my bedroom and I was again, concerned about whether or not I was actually going to go to heaven when I died. And so I got out my Bible and I knew the passage in Acts chapter 16, which I don't think I knew the whole story, but I knew this one verse and 1631 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And there by myself in my bedroom, I prayed, and I believe that's the night that Jesus saved me. He opened my eyes to see, uh, understand what what faith meant, uh, at least in that small, uh, kind of a childlike way at that point, to understand uh, what, it, what it meant to, uh, to believe, what it meant to trust him, and to believe that Jesus died for my sins, uh, he was buried, and he rose again. And it was on Jesus that I was believing that that's where my faith was was relying. I asked God to forgive me of my sins, mm-hmm. and I put my faith in Him at that time. And uh, and that that's my conversion. That's the night that that Jesus saved me. And uh, it's not like I never had another doubt in my life. It's not mm-hmm. like I never struggled with assurance again. I, I definitely did. Um, and a few few years later, I was at college, and I had a uh, an older older classmate, um, kind of helped me through assurance, walk me through some of first John, uh, and talk about how you, we can know. And that, that was super, super helpful yeah. for yeah. me too. And, um, and so, yeah, and since, since, since those times, those kind of, those kind of, uh, milestones or big experiences, um, in my life, God has been, continues to be faithful to me and, um, assuring me of his presence with me, not based on, my my prayers or my my experiences, but based on his presence and his the person in the work of Jesus himself. Yeah, God is good. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for sharing how God has worked in your life. Yeah, just a, just a great story of God's grace. So, Pastor Chris, what is your story in relationship with Jesus? 
Yeah, thanks, Pete. It's interesting sitting here listening as Pastor Mark shares his testimony. And uh, even as he shared uh, in church his story, it's in many ways a carbon copy. But uh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised too much by that because we both are pastor's kids and were raised in the pastor's home. And so it's it's not too shocking that uh, we'd have some similar stories. But uh, at any rate, yeah, I grew up uh, with a dad that was a pastor, and it still is. And, you know, it just provided some unique learning experiences. The salvation story that uh, I remember of when I accepted Jesus as my Savior was uh, at a teen event at our house. Um, dad was a youth pastor at the time, and I uh, had the teens over. Uh, this was actually uh, right next door. It was uh, in Cass City. And uh, in 1989, it was New Year's Eve, and we had the teens over to the house. They were watching a movie, and it was uh, the Thief in the Night series. So one of those uh, scary movies for a young kid at the age that I was. But as I'm watching through that movie with the teens and stuff, these people are disappearing, and I'm like, uh, Mom, where are all these people going? And she starts to explain to me a little bit. We uh, ended up going into the guest room, and she started to share about the rapture and, and how uh, these are people that had accepted Jesus as their Savior, and uh, they're now with Jesus, and then all the other people are just left here on earth to go through the tribulation period and all that stuff. And, you know, as a young kid, those were bigger words for me, but she spoke very graciously and in a a way that I could understand, but focused a lot on my sin and my need for a Savior and how Jesus came to to provide that salvation for us. And so at uh, a young age, right there in 1989, jumping into 1990, I, uh, as a young man, accepted Jesus as my Savior. Uh, and very much like Pastor Mark, I mean, I struggled with assurance for a long time. I had this little, like, two-inch by three-inch picture of Jesus or somebody's estimation of what Jesus looked like and uh, I had that next to my bed as a little kid and I remember being downstairs in in my room in the basement there on Maple Street just praying like every night looking at that picture of Jesus and like talking to him and saying you know I I really do trust you and, and I want you to forgive me for my sins and and I just continued to do that over and over. And I don't know how many countless nights I had done that. But, uh, you know, I was just struggling with the whole assurance aspect of it. And then uh, life just continued. And at some point I stopped the continual prayers over and over again. But fast forward to 2002 as a teenager is the moment in my life where I believe that I really recognized what salvation was. I understood what it was he was doing and what he expected of me that uh, in order for me to be saved, there should be some fruit of that. And it's not just something that I do so that I can go to heaven and, and escape eternal damnation and hell. But, uh, you know, I am now becoming a follower of Jesus. And uh, as a follower of Jesus, I need to, to look that way. I need to, to act that way, talk that way, uh, live that way. And uh, it was in 2002 at Camp Barakel, I went with a family friend of mine who is a youth pastor. He asked me if I'd go with him and his youth group to this camp and do a video for him. So uh, I, I went for that purpose. And uh, unbeknownst to me, God got a hold of my my heart at that camp. And I just had a moment of, of complete Break down before the Lord and recognize that God, I need to live my life for you. 
And so that was a, a turning point in my life, and I dedicated my life to Christ and made Him the Lord of my life. And it was just a, a great experience, a great time of of communing with God there. And uh, since 2002, that's been my life's pursuit to follow Him and serve Him in, in uh, with my life. And fast forward to 2017, here I am, by God's grace, uh, serving as a youth pastor here at Carroll First Baptist, and it's been a joy. Well, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Chris, for sharing um, how God has worked in your life. For mine, um, mine again starts when I, was, when I was young. I was about four or five, I think. Uh, I'm not too sure. But it started on a Sunday night. We were, we were having communion, and as, as like any young, young kid, I was excited for uh, juice and crackers. I never had the chance to, uh, to have any of the juice and crackers before, so I thought maybe this is my, my year, my shot at it. But alas, it, it didn't happen again. Um, my mom wouldn't let me uh, partake in communion, and I was, I was pretty bummed out. So I asked her actually afterwards um, in the car at home why I couldn't have communion. At that point, she then walked me through the plan of salvation. As a kid growing up in the church, I knew all the answers, and it finally came to fruition that night that I really did need Jesus as my Savior. I was not a good kid. Even though I looked the part, I was not a good kid. I had the tendency to steal, and I would steal a lot. My parents worked in a concession stand, and I would always have fun trying to reach up and steal candy off of the shelves. It was just interesting uh, for me to do. It was kind of exciting, but I still knew it was wrong. And after uh, walking through that plan of salvation, I knew that that needed to change. It was still kind of exciting to steal, but now I knew that I, I kind of couldn't. But I didn't really understand why, why that had to happen or why that had to stop until probably... Uh, high school, even the beginning of college. Um, one verse that really stood out in my life is Romans 5, 8. And that's, but God demonstrates his own love toward us, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. And that never really hit me in, until my like senior year of high school or first year of college, um, that I um, had a responsibility to my Savior because he gave his life for me. Yeah. And because he did that for me, I then had to give my life back to him. That that was that was the only thing I really could do. That was the only fair thing to do for Jesus. I mean, he gave his whole life for me. Like that's that's just the best thing I can do is give my life back to him. And because of that, um, I'm now on a different path than I was. I was to go into the family business, uh, but because of that change, I'm now planning on going into vocational ministry. Again, I mentioned earlier going to seminary. That's just um, my, kind of my story of how 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 Jesus saved me. Um, showing me the error in my ways, showing me not to live for myself, but the, there is something larger out there, something bigger, just something I need to follow, and that's Jesus because of his death, because of his resurrection, because of what he did for me. Amen. So um, Amen. that was our story. And I'd like to thank you very much, Pastor Mark and Pastor Chris, for your contributions, and I'd like to thank you as an audience for listening. We hope that we have whetted your appetite for the future episodes of this podcast, which next time we'll be talking about why we have a podcast and what it is going to look like in future episodes. But most importantly, that we have shown the gospel of grace and have shown light into a dark world. Thank you again.